0: Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims. Let's connect and heal together. I am 1 in 8 too. Hey friends, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode Infertility and Me with your host, Moni. a few quick announcements before we begin. Don't forget to get your exclusive merch on infertilityandmepodcast.com, your Dear Infertility mugs, as well as your Men Need Healing 2 phone cases for iPhone and or Samsung. And you can also purchase a gift card for another fertility friend on the website. And you can also support the show by clicking down below where it says support the show. Also friends, I will be documenting my trying to conceive journey over 35. Hubby and I have finally decided to go ahead and try for a second baby. So I will be documenting that. I'm so excited to be able to share that journey with you guys, but I didn't get to share it the first time with Omar. And it probably wouldn't have been too pretty either, but I'm gonna be documenting Farouk Baby 2. If you're not following, go ahead and follow. If you're not subscribed to YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to my channel. On YouTube so that you can stay updated and in the loop. And you can also text me at 443-569-0642 with your comments, your feedback, anything you'd like to tell me. And I will feature it on the show and shout you out. Oh, and I want to give a special shout out to one of our supporters for the show. They supported anonymously. So I don't actually know the name of the person who contributed to the podcast support. So I thank you, appreciate you so, so very much for believing in me and believing in what I'm doing here at Infertility and Me podcast. And today's episode is going to be with Jasmine Karn, a computer animation artist living in New York City. After nearly six years of trying to conceive, she was given a 1% chance news that she would be able to conceive her own biological child. She was at one of the lowest points in her life, and it was that moment that she that gave her strength and transformed her into the person that she is today, a working professional and a mom of two miracle babies. And I'm going to have all of Jasmine's information in the show notes today so that you can follow her, keep up with her, and see what she's got going on. And she has created a unique way of of approaching fertility, and she is so excited to share with you guys, so I can't wait for her to share it with you. And today's episode is with Jasmine Katakard. Thank you, friends. Thank you, Jasmine, so much for coming on the show today and telling us about your journey and your area of expertise and how you're helping for others with their fertility. Um, So, yeah. So, tell us about your journey and when you got diagnosed and how that went about.
1: Yeah. So my journey—it's a long journey. It's—it's six years and more if you think about it. But the way it started was, you know, I was going along the perfect plan that I was given as a child to think you know go to a good school mm-hmm. you know go to a good school get a good career get married have 2.5 kids mm-hmm. move out into the suburbs white picket fence you work know. hard and retire right absolutely mm-hmm. i feel like we're, we're and you know i i fell into it too I, this is what i was told this is what society kind of tells you you know your plan should be and i was following along that plan and it was going pretty well like I didn't hit too many roadblocks and mm-hmm. until I got to the having the the kids bit right yeah. and I still remember how naive I was you know I, I got married around 28 I was like oh let's wait um, I'll start trying when I'm 30 by the time i'm thirty five I'll have three kids. no problem.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And I still laugh at that. so i tried I started trying at thirty. you know, I still remember that first month. I was like, "Oh wow, I'm not pregnant <laughs> and um a couple of months went by, and then eventually it was a year, and we were not I wasn't getting pregnant. so as I started getting concerned, I went to the doctor and we then went to an r e and we took all the tests, um, all the normal tests you, ta- you take, and nothing stood out on mm-hmm. my side or my husband's side. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to diagnose this as unexplained infertility. But something something might be wrong just because we hadn't been able to get pregnant. And at that point, they recommended um, IUIs. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay, I was getting a little impatient. I was just like, you know, you just want something to happen. I was like, this is not going along my plan, right? I should be pregnant by now. And, and this is when, you know, we started going down this road of many IUIs. I think at this one clinic, we probably did three or four IUIs Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. and,
1: you know, nothing resulted from it, which wasn't a huge surprise when you look at the stats, you know on iuis but at the same time you know each each time you go into some kind of cycle procedural you you go through a cycle of like hope like you're getting your hopes up and then you know mm-hmm. so it's like this continuous cycle and what happened is after you know all these iuis and it wasn't taking um I was trying to do other things on the side, you know, you start Googling things mm-hmm. about what you can do. If someone told me like I, sh- I should stand on my head, I probably would have done oh, that.
0: I heard that one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah. You hear all these crazy things, right? And you're like, yeah, I'm going to try it. Cause why not? Um, so then there was a, at that point, this is probably three three years into it or three or four I'm I'm getting confused now because it's it was such a long process. Yeah. Um the doctor was like maybe we we should consider IVF. Mm-hmm. And this was still unexplained um infertility and during this whole time I, I mean I was healthy, I was I felt like I was still young, you know. And when it came to IVF, I was like, okay. I wrapped my head around it and I I was like, okay, if we do IVF, we're definitely going to get pregnant because, you know, that's Mm -hmm. that's, you know, everyone gets pregnant from IVF. And at that point, we actually changed clinics because um, my my father, who's a retired doctor, he was actually saying to me when I I told him and at this point I actually had not told anyone that we mm-hmm. were trying not even my my parents only I was only between me and my husband I kept it very secret when I confided in my in my dad because for the medical reason he he actually was like you should go to a bigger hospital you should go to a bigger clinic because labs are so important when it comes to IVF and mm-hmm. that was my first inkling that like oh not all clinics are the same not all doctors are the same especially when it comes to and at that point I was like okay I took his advice and I you know I did some research just you know on my own and I was like okay this this place seems good and that's the benefit of living in New York City I think there's just so many cl- there's so many fertility clinics um, so we went to another one and then we started on the cycle again of IUI but again like I remember meeting with the doctor and he was like oh I see no problems like for you to get pregnant and he mm-hmm. almost like wanted to he, he it was like I don't want to say it was like a sales pitch but it felt like it was like a confidence booster he's like yeah you should have like in a year shouldn't be a problem you know we'll do IVF mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i was feeling really good and confident and before we were able to do IVF though at this clinic we did another we we did a couple more IUIs because mainly because of insurance actually because mm-hmm. insurance i don't know if you it's like, like sometimes they they have a prerequisite like you have to go through so many cycles of iui until they approve an ibf so we did that and the iuis did not take um at all and finally we're like okay we're gonna do IVFs, and i was all ready for it and we did we went into our first cycle of ibf and um it went, I was always a low responder. Mm-hmm. Like, I think at most I've maybe had 10, 10 eggs or so that would become big enough. And I still remember, so I believe we, we retrieved like 10 eggs at that point and maybe six of them, um, fertile. We did ICSI and, We got the call like around day two or day three when they're like, okay, they tell you how, how they're progressing and Mm -hmm. be prepared to come in for day five. We made the appointment for the day five transfer, the fresh transfer. And I still remember this the morning of the day five, I was like all excited. I, I was, I was literally out the door to go Mm -hmm. to get my um, transfer and the phone, the phone rang. And it was a nurse from the clinic, and she she said, "Don't bother coming in." And I, it like, to me, it wasn't. It didn't even seem like that could happen. And I remember pausing. I was like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "The we just checked, and none of them um, made it to day wow. five. And I just remember thinking, like, I felt so cheated because I had yeah, gone through all of, all it. of that. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's like, you do all the work, but you're on the sidelines. You don't even get a chance to play. <laughs> like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm like, you didn't, I didn't get the transfer. Like, you know, I didn't get it in. And it was, it was hard, but I was like, okay, that's the first one. You know, you're, I feel like doing your fertility
0: struggles, right?
1: You're always like
0: pumping yourself up.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Cause you have totally to get, get it. it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's how we, that's, you know, that's how we, it's almost like we're trying to trick our subconscious mind into thinking like, it's going to work, you know, and we don't freak out <laughs> when it doesn't, but of course we still do, but you know, I feel like, you know, we just, that's just our coping way yeah. of trying to get through it. And especially if we don't take breaks in between our cycles and we don't give ourselves that time to breathe and just grieve a little bit, you know, that mm-hmm. it didn't work. So I totally get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: I totally agree and like I I kind of skimmed by it but yeah we took our we took times off too and I think that's Mm -hmm. really important like we traveled a lot there or and like I I did things for myself like I would take woodworking classes and Mm -hmm. like just things for me which really helped me I mean I will say for taking time off there During like, I still remember like after a failed um, cycle, one of the first things I said to my husband once, I just turned to him and I was like, where are we going? I was just like, needed something to look for. I'm like, what trip are we going on? And so I met with the doctor the next day after this, the first IVF and we, we didn't get a transfer. And she said that, you know, she had a new diagnosis for us, that it's poor egg quality because the fact that none of them made it to blastocyst shows that it's possibly poor egg quality, which was like kind of a relief because I think when you get unexplained infertility as a diagnosis, it's kind of, it's really frustrating because Mm -hmm. there is no explanation, but you want to find a solution. So if you don't have, so all of a sudden I was like, oh, great. I, we finally know what the, you know, it could be poor egg quality. So my first question to her was like, okay, so how, how do I improve my egg quality? And her response, I saw when she just looked at me, she's like, you can't. And I was like, well, that's not a good answer <laughs> for me mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. now. And I remember I like kind of pushed her a little. And she did say, "She's like, well, some people think that acupuncture could possibly help for egg quality. And I was like, okay. And like, you know, for anyone that's been on this journey, if anything could even help a little, I think we're all like, okay, let me try it. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, I... I went to, and I, I had tried acupuncture a little bit in the okay. years previous, but I, it never stuck. Like I, I kind of was just like playing around. I think I was like playing around with too many things, but never like committing to one thing. So this time I was like, okay, I'm gonna do acupuncture. I'm gonna commit to it. And I went to um, a fertility specialist in acupuncture and she's great. And she, we met and she's like, okay, we, we're gonna detox your body for three months. To prepare for your next ibf cycle and so i did weekly acupuncture for three months mm-hmm. i did a complete detox of my diet for three months and you know it felt good like regardless i'll say like it's it's had long like lasting effects from me personally health-wise um that is is wonderful so that's like i as i go through my struggles i always kind of like whatever I'm investing in myself is it's going to stay like it's not like I'm just it's it's that's how I would say it to myself and I still believe it I don't know if you think that too but you know it's like I'm if you're investing in yourself you're never going to lose essentially you're always kind of bettering yourself so Yeah, yeah, yeah anyway um after these after three months I was all ready for the next cycle I was like I've worked so hard You know this is gonna work, and the next the next cycle comes along. It's it's kind of like deja vu. Day three, day two, three. They schedule me. They I have three or I have probably four fertilized um, embryos that look good, and they schedule me for day five. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I remember for this for this transfer, I was doing the acupuncture before and after. Mm-hmm. the transfer so I had scheduled an acupuncture um, appointment before the transfer so I was in the acupuncturist's office and of course I mean I was really nervous because it's like deja vu, like what happened last time right I got the call that morning of day five to not come in so I was really concerned that that was going to happen again but I was trying to keep really positive about it and after I still remember the acupuncturist coming in after my morning treatment was over and she had this look on her face mm. I was like oh, tell me I was like tell me it's so like your husband who, who, who my husband's waiting in the waiting room for me and he's like he got a call it's not gonna happen so the same exact thing happened none of them went to day five and at this mm-hmm. point I was like completely crushed it's twice in a row now all the all the meds all the you know everything that leads up to an IVF cycle and the expense too and it's like both times I felt like I was I didn't even get a chance for the transfer um and I still remember that walking across the park after that meeting and I was I was crying and I was really upset and I was talking to my husband and at that point it was you know if it's poor egg quality it's on me, right? That and that's like a big part of the fertility struggles too is the guilt. Especially if it's if it's one sided. Like if it is egg quality, then I felt like I was the barrier, you know, to having children. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know about you, but like when I met my husband, we dated for like ten years before we even got married. But we met really young it's like he was meant to be a a father it's like Mm. you meet you meet someone he's like he's a dad um he's way more paternal than I am and I was like I was like I can't be the one that stands in his way to be a dad and I still remember I had a I had a conversation with him on the walk home that like you know if this doesn't work out I want you to go like I want you mm-hmm. to find someone where you can be a father because I can't live with that like that would be I feel so guilty about it and um you know it's a top but I totally meant it and these are like the cre- and of course he said no right um mm-hmm. he's like no I'm with you in this and but it's it's so emotionally there's so much with fertility, it's so personal it's and uh, everything comes out and I still like as I'm talking to you, I'm still like tearing
0: up thinking about yeah the conversation it's because it's it's um it's like you it's you 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 learn to live with it, and then there's times when I don't know it's just I can't even explain it, you guys. Yeah.
1: It's hard to explain. Yeah, it's so yeah. hard to explain, but you guys
0: know what we're talking about. So
1: I know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're in it, it's, yeah, I agree. It's like one of those things, like you never get it um, unless you're in it. But so the next day, we went to the doctor's office again to meet with the doctor. And I was expecting her, you know, like as, as we said, like it's all about like pumping yourself up for the next, like kind of being devastated one day and then the next day being like, okay. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the next step, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I had pumped myself up for that next step, and we were in the doctor's office, and uh, and I was I was prepared for her to be like, okay, for this next next cycle, this is the plan. We're gonna try this or we're gonna try this, but instead, she she surprised me. She said, she's like, okay, well, I think you're you need to look into egg donors or adoption. Mm-hmm. And she was very right, and i and i like pause at this point we're five years into the journey um i was 35 years old so you know and she, and she said she's like no i don't think like after these two IVF cycles i don't recommend i won't first she said i sh- i won't recommend doing another one and mm-hmm. um and i was like w-, i was like really i you don't think there's any possibility of me getting pregnant with my own you know eggs and then she she said I, when I pushed her she's like well I give you a less than one percent chance and I was I was like less uh, I remember I was like quiet and then I was like less than one percent and she's like wow. yeah less than one percent chance and and like and then she and then she started continuing telling me about egg um egg donors or adoption and I just remember it was just like all like she kind of faded away and I I just kept thinking and I kept asking her I was like are you sure are you sure and and she and then she also and then I was like I can't try for another you know IVF cycle with my own eggs and then she was she I mean she was very nice about it but she was just like we we would I she basically said she wouldn't um as like she wouldn't do another IVF cycle with my eggs and I left that meeting you know that was definitely the lowest point in my journey like here I am at 35 where in my ideal perfect you know life plan I was supposed to have three kids by 35 Mm -hmm. and here I'm instead sitting without kids being told I have less than a one percent chance of having a child. biological child of my own and I was like wow (laughs) what a contrast right of like how you plan things and how they turn out and you know the crazy like I still remember my husband and I just kind of like hugged each other and we both went off to work which is crazy now that I think about it but like he went to work and then I went to work and at this point we also like never really confided in anyone um we had told our immediate family at that point but still like no friends or no one no one knew we were even trying I mean they probably thought we were trying but no one knew we were struggling so much with it um and I remember on my way to work I was just like devastated and I was trying to think of honestly like ways to pump to like, is this is this the end? Is this where I give up? You know, this doctor basically told me that I should give up. Um, do I do I do it or do I try something else? And that's when I was actually I was at work and what I do as a profession is I'm a lighting artist on computer animated films. Okay. So I'm I'm in a creative field and what like a problem came up at work and i do, i dealt with it the way i normally do it with like this artist mindset of you see a problem or an obstacle and then you find multiple solutions for it right um, and that's just organically how i do it at work and also knew, like i had this aha moment where i was like wait a minute why am i not doing this for my own like life for my fertility journey why what if i looked at this struggle the same way i looked at a a creative problem at work and what that means is like you know i brain like you you brainstorm with other people too to get different perspectives and there's always a solution in my mind like at work there's always a solution and then all of a sudden i was like okay there's always a solution it might not be the one that you originally planned but there is always a solution so that's what I started looking, that's when I first started looking at my fertility journey in that, mm-hmm. those eyes. And all the I was like, I was able to kind of get myself out of that, like, you know, that kind of
0: rut. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. And I was able to see a new way and that next day. And part of the way I look at things is to get different perspectives. And it's like, um, on this on a similar situation, especially in fertility, you're so in it.
0: yeah yeah.
1: you get blinded right like it's like anything you you need someone else to come in sometimes and like give you their opinions and that's the same thing about like getting second opinions from different doctors right because doctors are human too they're not just because one person has one opinion doesn't mean everyone's going to have the same opinion so that's why you know you probably know like different opinions especially when it comes to doctors is so important so the next day I went into my acupuncturist um, office and she's great. Like not only is she a great acupuncturist, but I actually, I, I used to joke that she was like part therapist for me.
0: <laughs> so oh I'm yeah, like,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, she knew my case really well. Um, and she was, she knew a lot about fertility, especially in New York city where I was. And we t- we talked about it and she she was, she helped me see another way. She was just like, you know, I don't, she's like, I think you should go. And um, like, she had questions, like the fact, she, I remember she was like really shocked that that doctor had given me less than a 1% chance. Cause she saw, you know, she saw the same things that the doctor saw, but she was like, I don't know. I think, I think that clinic just might not be the clinic for you. Um. Mm-hmm. And she recommended another clinic and uh, actually a specific doctor. She's like, actually, I think this doctor, he, he works really well. I think he, I think he'll, you know, be very good for you. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. Um, so I went to, I changed clinics again. So this is my third clinic and we met with a doctor and he was great and he also this is the value of second opinions right he saw my my charts and he's like okay um it is probably poor eye quality but i think you know the less than one percent chance is not is pretty low then he wouldn't have given me those same stat like um, probability he said and his move was to do um a day three transfer where the other clinic would only do a day five transfer. I didn't even know that was a thing and I was like, oh okay, let's try a day three transfer. So we did the, you know, the the whole IVF protocol was pretty much the same, but the biggest difference was we did the day three transfer. I mean of course this is a different clinic with different labs and everything. and then, so this is my third IVF. And of course, at this point, I'm just like, <laughs> have, well, in a good way, I have low expectations that I'm even gonna get the transfer, but very high since we, you know, we're always kind of trying to keep our hopes up. And I got pregnant with the third IVF. And this is within a couple months of that oh. meeting that that other doctor told me I should essentially give up and gave me less than one percent chance. And I still remember when my the the doctor called me and told me, you know, I was pregnant. I was like, I didn't believe him. It was really funny. I remember saying to him, I was like, Are you kidding? And then his response was like, Well, I'd be a very bad doctor if I was kidding about that. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, that's probably true. But I was in such disbelief. Like how could it have happened where you know three months ago i was sitting in that other doctor's office and she told me i had less than one percent chance and then now also i get a call that i'm pregnant
0: um well so, thank goodness for second uh opinions and the fact that we can advocate and move on to a new re
1: exactly. whatever
0: we choose. you know what i mean
1: yeah and so today so um i have a beautiful daughter who is now I can't believe it's been so long she's now four years old Mm, 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 mm. and I also um, decided to try again for a second I actually wasn't going to because I I thought like I was so grateful I was like oh I can't I don't want to push my luck yeah yeah I (laughs) I was like oh no but um at that time I wasn't getting any younger by the time I had my daughter I was 37
0: Okay.
1: Right. I was thirty-seven and thirty-six. Yeah, thirty-seven. And then it was one of those things where, you know, as my daughter was getting a little old, like she was only one and a half at the time, I believe. And I just looked at my husband. I was like, if we did want to have, we had a discussion. Like, if we did want to try and have her second, we'd have to do it now because, you know, age. I'm not getting any younger. Um. So we decided to, and I had a Uh, little expectations just because you know when I was really grateful for Mm -hmm. having one and it was so hard for me it took me over six years to have her so the thought that it would even work the first time around was you know something that I actually didn't think was going to happen but what happened was I tried again for another IVF Mm -hmm. and and I went straight to IVF. I, went, I didn't even joke that. Yeah, we're not going to continue to play these
0: yeah, games. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm just like, we're going straight back. They did the same exact protocol. They, they were even like, okay, that worked. We're not changing a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say uh, what I also did during this time is I came out, I came out with my struggles. Mm. Which I had never done before, like even after I had my daughter, I still kept it all in, and what made me come out was someone um, commented on some like a picture I had put up of my daughter, and they, I think they said like, "Oh, your life is so perfect. I wish I had your life or something. Mm. And also, sudden, I realized I had fed into this perfect life plan, right? Because all people saw from the outside was you know, I got married, I, me and my husband traveled like crazy during those six years, because we were trying to keep sane um, ourselves of trying. So all they saw was like travel, like we traveled like crazy. So they're like, Oh, you get to travel everywhere. And then now, oh, okay. you have okay. this like, yeah. they have a baby, you, know, you have a family. Oh, my God, your life is so perfect. And I was like, Oh, I told like, I'm feeding into this society. And like, also not Making people aware that there is a struggle, there was such a struggle, and I came out and I told my story live. I still remember it was like the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done because um, I'm very quiet and okay. reserved in general. Like all my friends, I saw it, they're like, "Wow, that was very unlike you," and I was like, "Yes, it's really unlike me." Um, and what and that after I did that, and it was also such a I will say emotional release. You don't mm-hmm. realize how much trauma that you're keeping inside from your journey. I feel like people sometimes feel like, oh, if they have the baby, they're like all the all of their everything will go away. Everything, right, will, right. You know? but there's actually so much trauma that that people and I, you know, kept in that I didn't even realize it. And when I finally said it out loud and released it, it was so freeing. Um, and it's kind of what led me to share my story even more to help others you know be aware of fertility struggles and that um, to help them and also what happened was I decided to document my whole okay. IVF cycle trying to have my second child like live essentially and I still remember my husband. <laughs> He was he was like very concerned about this because he's like well if it doesn't work you have to say it's like it's like you have to be very transparent yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like what if it doesn't work it's <laughs> work and i was like well it's gonna suck but i think people need to see it you know people mm-hmm. need to see that this is what goes in it and you know many times it doesn't work so we did i i have it all documented and um surprisingly it did work and we now have um a son who's two years old oh so I am very grateful so I have a two kids a four-year-old and two-year-old both from IVF and I still think back to that moment where I I could have easily given up after that doctor I mean that was after five years of trying imagine like five years of trying and then just so exhausted and a doctor tells you to give up it's it would have been so easy to just be like okay I'm done um and I'm I'm really grateful that you know yeah mm
0: -hmm. absolutely I totally agree and that's just another reason to be very very particular about your doctor and to go with your gut if you feel like there's another way in advocating for yourself and for your body and for what you want to do. I believe in trying at least one time, Mm -hmm. you know, and you seem to be like the same type of person where you'll try anything at least once, you know, if you can. So that, yeah, definitely. And it's all about self-advocacy too. And so I want to get into this system that you developed through your artistry to help other people who are struggling with fertility.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this was the biggest, like, aha moment for Mm -hmm. me um what it allowed so the system is it's basically looking at it through the eyes of an artist uh, and how an artist would approach an obstacle or a problem and what that means is first understanding what you're trying to solve because oftentimes I mean, I fell into this too, but oftentimes, like we're trying to, we we think that um, the baby is the sol- is the solution to, you know, our happiness. Like, I mean, I fell into it, right? It's like, if I if I can't get pregnant, if I have a baby, I'm never gonna be happy. I'm never gonna be happy. Or, you know, we put so much pressure into this one, one solution, one way, and in reality there's so many solutions. There's so many different ways to get to this idea of happy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So what my approach does is allows you to, um, to, to actually see all these different solutions to create multiple solutions. So it's kind of like having multiple plans. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're going through fertility, especially to have, to know that it's not all or nothing in this one um, let's say like if i you go through an ivf and it's like if i don't get this it's it you know it's it's just also too much pressure and it's too much stress on on you to put it all into one and what what the the way that i think about it and the way that i teach people is a mindset that well one i'm not saying to stop trying and to say, like, to give up, but I encourage people to find multiple ways, multiple solutions, like the what ifs, right, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what if it doesn't work out, well, what will my, like, to face your fears is also a big thing, right, I, I didn't want to say it out loud for a while, um, what if it doesn't work out, what will my life look like, and then all of a sudden, once you, you actually stop, and you have a discussion about, it, you talk about, it, it's actually not that, something to be that afraid of be like oh you know my it could be a really great life mm-hmm. um it's not what I originally planned but you know I could do that and that's that's like exactly what I did and also, like that weight is lifted from you um of the pressure that you need this child or there's other ways like for and a big thing is brainstorming right getting different perspectives the same is all about the same way I did you know I spoke to my acupuncturist you can speak to a professional get second opinions and research before going in because for me I didn't do that right I just went yeah. to one doctor and I feel like we all do that and t- we just go one doctor the doctor says okay do this we just blindly like follow it right and we don't take the time to stop and look at the everything as a whole gather the information and then take the step because we're I, I do it, I'm so impatient. I'm just like, okay, tell me to do this, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> and um, yeah, so the mindset is to kind of step back, make sure you're solving the right problem first of all, get brainstorm and get as much information as possible. So you know you're he- putting all your your energies in the right direction. And then also knowing that you have multiple plans, you have multiple solutions. And this, what this does is actually like relieves the stress and the pressure mm-hmm. of that cycle, that procedure. And what happens is it's kind of, I kind of relate to like, you know, you hear all these stories of people getting pregnant after they stopped trying, you know, after they, yeah. and, and a lot of people say it's because they weren't stressed about it more. They weren't putting the pressure of it. And I, I feel like this way of approaching it is, is relieving that stress and pressure but you can still continue to actively try. Um, So, yeah, so that is my general approach to, you know, fertility. And then you can apply it to life too, moving forward, where essentially no obstacle will stand in your way again to your being happy, because you can always uh, find multiple solutions.
0: Thank you so much, Jasmine, for giving us all your wisdom and everything that you've learned along the way and just being authentic and open with us today. Oh yeah, thank you so much for having me. And so give us your social media handles so that we can uh, connect with you there and follow and then also your website too. Oh yeah, so my social media
1: is uh, at jazzkatat. That's J-A-Z-Z-K-A-T-A-T. And also my website's the same thing, jazzkatat.com. So it's jazz with two Z's and then K A T A T. I'm like getting them like yeah. dot <laughs> com, and there you can also find um, a free training to get you started on this mindset, so you can use it in your own fertility journey.
0: Awesome, awesome! Thank you again, Jasmine, and thank you, friends, for lus- listening and tuning in with us today and letting us be a part of your day. I will have all of Jasmine's information in the show notes so that you may click and go. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.